Well, um, good morning and uh, welcome to you all uh, once again. And um, I'm just privileged to be here. And not only this week, but for uh, the next number of weeks. I'll be here for four weeks. And then I think Glenn Batterink is coming on the 11th of February. And then I'm here for a couple more weeks as well. And um, I just love that fact because it enables me to kind of develop a bit of a series with you. And I'm really excited uh, for us to dive into this series on the book of Proverbs. So um, I hope that, uh, that you will appreciate that. Um, Janessa, can you grab my sermon? Because I'm not, it's not going anywhere. This series isn't going anywhere until I have my message with me. See, I'm, I did the first unwise thing. So I just set the tone for this whole series. So uh, let's, let's pray. Father, we bless and thank you for this morning. Um, it's cold and crisp over this weekend. Um, and Lord, uh, we're certainly cognizant of people that are struggling and suffering during this time with the intense cold. So we pray for your nearness and uh, just the compassion uh, of everyone uh, towards those especially who are in need. Um, but Lord, we're, we're so grateful for this big, beautiful world that you've created. And now, uh, focus our attention as we open this book, uh, this book of Proverbs. Teach us. Uh, which you would have us see. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Proverbs, and this series entitled Get Wise. Now, part of my motivation for um, this series is is the simple fact that we need more smarts in this world that we live in. Um, I picked up a book at the bookstore a while back, um, and it's called F in Exams, Pop Quiz. All right? I think it will appear behind me. Um, now these, what I'm going to give you, these are real answers to real pop quizzes given by real teachers to real students. Did I say real enough? Let me give you some examples of unwisdom, the unwisdom of our culture. To the question, what kind of wildlife would you expect to see in Antarctica? One student answered, ants. Kind of interesting. I don't think there's any ants in Antarctica, maybe penguins. To the question in the discipline of English studies, explain the meaning of the word dystopia. A student answered, I had dystopia once after eating a bad burger. (laughs) To the question in religious studies, what do you understand by the term the afterlife? A student answered, it's a computer game that people get really addicted to. To the question in music studies, In music, what does andante mean? A student answered, how well the pasta is cooked. It would be al dente, al dente, which means to the teeth. Um, To the question in history studies, explain the reason for the Wall Street crash of 1929. A student answered, too many cars on the road and bad drivers. (laughs) To the question, how would a Roman dinner party differ from a modern dinner party? A student answered, there would be more Romans there. I imagine. Last one, this is a little risque, to the health question, explain the benefits of being outdoors. A student answered, you can pass gas and no one will notice. So it seems that we live in a culture that needs more wisdom, or at the very least, more wise people. Now, how might that happen? Well, um, can I suggest that we turn to the book of Proverbs. 
Because it's, it's a veritable fountain of wisdom. What's more, it's, it's easy to understand. No, one, no seminary degree needed. Very few confusing theological terms. Anyone here, you know, probably of any age, if, if they're, say, through grade school, can pick up the book of Proverbs and understand it. Very accessible. Now, the first thing I want you to do, and I, I want you to encourage uh, to, to do a few things uh, during this series. Um, here's the first thing. Uh, read the book of Proverbs. Okay, spend some time reading. You don't have to read the whole thing, but spend some time, you know, just picking out a few Proverbs every day as we go through this series. It'll make the series mean more to you, right? And um, secondly, don't read it fast, okay? Some of you like to cram for tests, okay? That's not the way to read the book of Proverbs. The way to read a proverb is to read one and then to kind of ruminate on it, to think about it, right? Um, circle and star proverbs in your Bible. If you have a favorite Bible at home, I hope that you do, um, that are particularly meaningful to you, that have a particular application in your life. Third, pick out a proverb of the day. Memorize it and just keep saying it to yourself over and over again. Now, I will warn you, some proverbs are better to memorize than others and to repeat to yourself like, guys, if you're married and you memorize the proverb, a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day, that may not go so well around the house, right? Or women, if you, um, you might want to avoid the proverb, I liken you to a horse, my darling, strapped to the queen's chariot. Um, so, uh, you know, just be wise when it comes to even reading the book of Proverbs. Now, um, I'm going to unpack some themes today. And then, of course, over the next number of weeks. And um, I think you're really going to enjoy the depth of this book, the beauty of this book, and how it applies to your life. So first, a couple things about the book of Proverbs. First of all, it's amazingly practical. It's amazingly practical. Uh, how many of you have seen this series of books? Okay? They're called uh, For Dummies, the For Dummies book. Right? Any of you familiar with that book? Okay. Um, over 45 million copies in print last time I checked, 135 different titles, all right? There is bird watching for dummies. There's cocktail parties for dummies. There's computers uh, for dummies. A few of you might need that one. There's golf for dummies. I think I'm going to pick uh, that one up for myself this year. One satisfied customer explained their appreciation for this series this way. They said, I buy these books because whatever the subject matter, they spell it out for me in super simple terms. They make the complex understandable. Well, well that's, that's Proverbs, friends. It could easily fit into the Four Dummies series. It takes the ageless, priceless wisdom of God, and it makes it understandable and accessible for regular folks like you and me. Look at this verse, for example, from Proverbs 27, verse 14. It says this, if a man loudly blesses his neighbor in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Okay? Some of you are mourning people, right? And you're, you're the kind of people that you get up in the morning, you've got a spring in your step, but some of you people are not morning people. 
And if a morning person comes into contact and says, good morning, everybody, right? Other people are like, oh, please, please, can you just, I need my coffee, right? Just some very, very practical wisdom, right? Second thing, wisdom is precious. Wisdom is precious. Look at this set of Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verse 13 to 17 says this. How blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gains understanding. Its profit is better than gold. Its gain is better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways. And all her paths are peace. This verse says... Again, very simply, that attaining wisdom is, getting, is better than getting a big fortune, right? Attaining wisdom is better than accumulating a bunch of jewels. Now, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because money kind of runs our culture in many respects, right? So some people say, ah, wisdom is important, but huh, money. Well, let's think about this for a few moments, right? Let me start by asking this question. Do you know any wise dads? Any wise dads? You know any dads who conduct their, their own lives wisely and then raise children wisely? You know dads who know when to encourage, when to admonish, when to come alongside tenderly, when to correct forcefully? You know any dads who know, who know just when to counsel and then also when to listen? When to teach and then when to let the consequences of life teach? Any wise dads? Now let's put a value on that. What's, that. what's that worth, right? Can I tell you a little secret? I know a whole bunch of guys and have known a whole bunch of guys over the years of my ministry, right? And a lot of 30 to 50-year-old um, folks, guys, their lives are not working very well. And it's not that they aren't smart, and it's not that they're not trying hard, it's not that they're not working, but part of the reason is because they had a foolish dad. And it made everything in their life really hard. Why? Because they had no wise counsel. They had no one to back them up when they they found themselves in, in a difficult situation. Moreover, oftentimes, they found themselves taking care of their dads, which put more pressure on them. And then when you spin it around, I know a bunch of, of guys who are doing really, really well. And if you kind of look again at their life and why it's, it's going well and fitting together and turning, um, what's the common denominator? Oftentimes, oftentimes, it comes down to their dads. They would say to me, man, I, I grew up in a home of a wise dad. Tell me, what's that worth? What's that worth? I mean, the same could be said for mothers, right? In fact, Proverbs 31, verse 28 and 29 is a classic text in in the book of Proverbs. It says that if a wife and a mom conducts herself wisely, the results will be that her children will rise up and call her blessed. Her husband will also say, many women have done nobly, but you excel them all. Moms, what would be more valuable to you, right? Right? To have a bunch of money in the bank or to have children 
that grow up and do well and come back one day and say, thanks, Mom. You were there for me. You taught me. You challenged me. And I am what I am today because of your wisdom and guidance. Tell me, what would you rather have? What would be more valuable to you? Wisdom is valuable. All right, final motivation for studying Proverbs, for pursuing wisdom. You'll live long and prosper. You'll live long and prosper. Look at this verse. My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years. So how does that work? How does that work? Well, let me give you an example. Proverbs says over and over again in different ways, stop doing things that will hurt you, like drinking too much or being sexually irresponsible or smoking. If you eliminate dumb, self-destructive behaviors from your life, generally, generally you will live longer. Any questions? How about the prospering part? Well, Proverbs has all kinds of wisdom on how to live life in such a way that all things being equal, you'll get ahead. It says work hard. It says integrity wins in the end. It says invest. It says be generous. Now let me ask you, how many people do you know that invest, that are generous, that, that keep their word, that save and invest their money, that are generous in the kingdom of God, that are, are failing to get ahead in life? Now, of course, there's always, always some folks that, that, that struggle, and, and, and it's not about the fact that they're not being wise. It's just it's kind of particular events in life. But generally speaking, what Proverbs says is true. People who live according to biblical principles prosper. Now, in the, the time remaining, I want to look at, at one other thing. And that is the, the cast of characters that are mentioned over and over again in the book as representing those who don't want to walk in the way of wisdom, who don't want to walk in the way of wisdom. It would be helpful if you know what Proverbs means when it talks about these people, how they disdain wisdom. The first is this, the simple, the simple. And this, we're going to do a little Hebrew this morning, it comes from the word patah. Everyone say pata. It's kind of fun to say, isn't it? It means to be spacious or wide, and a good equivalent of it today would be airhead, right? Now, incidentally, does anybody recognize the word pata? Well, any self-respecting Trekkie knows that if you ever met a Klingon and you want to insult them, you would call them a patak, right? Which apparently means lowly dog. Actually, a lot of ancient Hebrew words uh, were used to form the Klingon language, but I digress. The simple are called naive ones by Solomon. Some people believe quickly, are easily misled, and readily enticed. Simple people refuse to see the consequences of their actions ahead of time, and so they plunge themselves into all kinds of situations. And moreover, they don't learn from their mistakes. They keep doing the same stupid thing over and over again, and so they float from one disaster to another. Look at Proverbs 14, verse 15. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. 
Or Proverbs 27, verse 12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Have you ever put money into a vending machine and nothing came out, and then you put more money into the vending machine? That's pata behavior. Have you ever got a phone call telling you that you won a contest that you didn't enter and you believe them? That's pata behavior. Is any one of you had one of those idiot lights go off on their dashboard of your car and you convince yourself that it will just go away by itself? Right? That's pata behavior. Right? In the book, you'll notice that pata behavior is often associated with youth and sexual sin. And we're going to talk about this uh, in this series. Look at Proverbs 7, for instance. Listen to these words. And imagine there's a guy, um, an older guy, he's at his window, and he's looking down on the street below, and he, he writes this. At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, the pata, I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense. He was going down to her street corner, walking in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. What's, what's going on here? Well, he's talking about this young man hanging around near the home of a prostitute, going down to the red light district, right? Spending time in that place, you know, and maybe saying to himself, oh, nothing will happen, Right? Proverbs is saying, if you know something is going to tempt you, and you knowingly tempt yourself, that's pata behavior. That's like going on a diet and then filling your refrigerator with chocolate ice cream. The second type of person that you need, that you'll meet in this book, who does not walk in the way of wisdom, this cast of characters, is the scoffer. In Hebrew, it's the word lutz. Say lutz. Good. At the very least, you can go home and say, I learned some Hebrew today. Lutz means to turn aside or mock. This is the person who rejects God's wisdom with vigor. A scoffer is someone who says, ah, I don't need those spiritual truths. They will not listen to correction. And look at what Solomon tells us will happen when someone tries to correct a scoffer, a lutz. He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself, and he who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. Do not reprove a scoffer, lest he hates you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. A scoffer is someone, again, who refuses to accept the wisdom of God. And then when someone admonishes them and, and says, tries to set them straight and say, you know, this isn't really a smart thing for you to do, they just, ah, you know. Now, on one level, I would hope that most of us in this room are not scoffers, and I'm assuming that because you're here this morning, and you are here to learn from the Word of God, which means that you recognize, on one level or another, the authority of God, or the, at least the authority of the Bible, right? Um, you understand that we need God's wisdom and guidance. Now, but are there scoffers in the world? Absolutely. People who set out and reject God, and reject the way of wisdom. And you got to know that they're setting themselves up for their own destruction. And this becomes patently clear as you read this book. All right, third kind of person, the fool. The fool, Hebrew word kasal. Say kasal. 
The Hebrew word here is, as I said, kasal, meaning to be stupid or dull. Its Arabic counterpart means to be sluggish, thick, or coarse. Now, don't misunderstand. The, the fool is not the simpleton, all right? He understands on one level, or she understands on one level, God's wisdom. If you challenge this person, they would say, yeah, 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 I'm willing to acknowledge that God's way is, you know, has some truth in it. Um, you know, there's, there's value in it. The fool just chooses to ignore it or to believe somehow that this proverb doesn't apply to them. Proverbs 14, verse 16 says this, A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. A fool is someone who gets behind the wheel of a car drunk. A fool is someone whose retirement plan is playing the lottery. A fool is someone who is sexually careless. Jesus uses this term in the New Testament himself. In what context? He says, here's a picture of the fool. This is the person who spends all his time, all his energy, all his wisdom, all his strength in life pursuing wealth, not taking into account that the one thing that will inevitably happen to every one of us is we will die. And there are no funeral hearses with U-Hauls behind them. Okay, Can't take it with you. So this guy spent all his time thinking about here and now his own aggrandization, his own wealth, and he failed to think about the importance of his own soul. And Jesus says, that, that's casal behavior. That's foolish. Final person that we meet in the book of Proverbs who's not walking in the way of wisdom and I'm going to do a whole message on this because it's really important. It's the sluggard. The sluggard. The Hebrew word is atzal. Say atzal. You have to be careful how you say that. Um, this is the person who is lazy, okay? Again, they know what wisdom is, but they're just too lazy to follow it. Proverbs 24 says this. Sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. Amazing. I didn't plant anything and there's no harvest. The funny part is they still check for the harvest, right? Proverbs 24 verse 13 says, and this is one a few of you parents out there might want to memorize, as a door turns on its hinges, so a slugger turns on his bed, right? The sluggard wastes opportunity. A sluggard refuses to take responsibility. A sluggard has a lot of appetite, but no drive. I think you know where this is going. You know, here, listen, if you read the book of Proverbs over the next number of weeks, um, let this proverb convict you. Or these, rather, these proverbs, um, the ones we talked about, right, um, Convict you. There is a little pata, a little lutz, a little kasal, a little atzal in all of us. And so there's a conviction, I hope, coming for all of us as we look at these proverbs. I mean, we are just entering into 2024. And I'm just wondering if you look back at 2023. Is there anything about this year that you think, oh boy, 
I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have gone there. That was, that was pata behavior. That was a tau behavior, right? But 2024 is a new year. And so here's an opportunity to let the wisdom, the priceless wisdom of God, convict us and to change us. Final thing. If you want to walk in God's wisdom and power this year, the most important thing is that you need to look at Jesus for two reasons. First of all, because all of us will make mistakes, right? All of us will never follow the wisdom of God perfectly. And it's in that space that we need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. But then secondly, and understand this, understand that Jesus was the incarnation of wisdom. He is quite clearly the way of wisdom. And so as you go through the book of Proverbs, let this Old Testament text lead you to the one who lived out wisdom beautifully, perfectly. And then follow him with all your heart. Let's pray. Father, thank you um, for this book that will teach us over the next um, number of weeks and open our hearts to what you have for us. Lord, let this not just be some kind of theological exercise for us where we think, yeah, yeah, I'm in church again, but let it move from our head to our heart so that it'll begin to transform us and change us, to mold us and make us. We ask for that humbly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.